0: Um, I actually um, preached here not actually that long ago. And then um, dad texted me the other week and was like, do you want to preach on like in 10 days? I was like, sure, live life on the edge. <laughs> so here I am. And that what I'm going to be talking about, actually, the reason he texted me, um, and I'd just come back from a holiday in Canada. And while we were in Canada, we were driving around and doing holiday things. And God really clearly spoke to me during this journey that we were making, just in the car, and gave me a really clear picture and said, next time you're asked to preach, um, preach on this. So I was like, okay, great, someone asked me to preach. I was like, yes, I know exactly what to preach on. But it turns out the last 10 days of um, unpacking that picture and diving into what it really means, actually, I've discovered it's a lot more... It's a nice picture, but what it actually can mean can be quite challenging. So in preparing this, I've actually really felt um, resistance because some of what I'm going to speak on I know is quite challenging, could be challenging to hear, and it would be really easy to to hear what I'm not saying, if that makes sense. Um, And so before I even begin, I just want you to know, those of you that know me will hopefully know my heart is that I love this family, and I love... Um, this church but if, if at any point throughout today you're a bit like eh, then just trust that I do love you and I'm just this is part of an unfolding picture that I'm trying to grasp if that makes sense because I felt like what well, the title that I gave this preach was <clears throat> health healing and powerful waiting. Um, And it's this idea, when I was preparing this week, God gave me this picture of like a huge masterpiece. Like if you've ever been into Edinburgh and you've been into the National Gallery and there's like these humongous things and artworks, paintings specifically, and they're like these huge pieces that have taken ages and ages to create. What I felt like I was going to do today is um, fill in a piece of this painting. That we already have like the key focal points in the painting, especially around healing. We have these key foundations. We have these key um, components. If you imagine an imaginary painting here that I'm in the process of painting, it's half finished. And we have these key components in, in, in terms of the composition. And they're things like the goodness of God. They're things like God is the healer. They're things like by Jesus' stripes, we're healed. They're things like all sickness comes from the enemy. You know, we've got these key, beautiful things. And I really felt like God said to me, I just want you to fill in. It's almost like some of the skyline of this painting. You know, it's, it's by no means going to negate these core centerpieces. But actually, if you're looking at an artwork, it, it, every aspect needs filling in. If that makes sense. So I really want you to keep that in mind. Nothing that I'm going to say is ever going to go against those key theological, key parts, center points of these paintings, the key bits that you see, but I'm kind of filling the edges in because it all comes together and makes something beautiful. You need each aspect. A half finished painting, you know. I mean, I actually happen to really like half-finished paintings. (laughs) But my dad, however, doesn't. (laughs) Just saying. As an old artist um, student, dad's like, are you not going to fill that bit in, in your painting? I'm like, no, dad, it's finished. He's like, oh, okay, abstract then. I'm like, yes, dad, abstract. (laughs) But I'm not doing abstract today. We're filling it all in. So we're going to be talking and touching on health and healing and this idea of waiting. Um, oh yeah it sounds a bit yeah that sounds a bit better Um, so what we're going to do is really look at this whole idea of healing and health and stewardship and the reason is I really like healing Um, I really like it when people are well this may sound very simple but I feel like my life is actually based on some very simple things. Um, and one of them is, I like people to be well. I like to be well. I like the people around me to be well. That's, that's really it's kind of, I'm not even going to go deeper than that. that. That is something I'm super passionate about. My whole life has been in some way always devoted to helping people be well whether it's elderly people who are just not in their right minds anymore, was one of my first jobs. Then it was working with the mentally ill and people that have had various things happen, so their minds aren't quite right, to the physically ill in hospital and various wards doing different things while I was a student, to then moving on to helping people that were addicted to various things and in a more chaotic um, stage of life um, and various other types of people groups, whereas now I work with people as part of a business that I run that looks specifically around food and nutrition and that kind of thing. And so, and the reason for that is that sickness is really horrible. Yes. Whether you've got a cold or whether you've got some chronic autoimmune condition, it's, it's not pleasant. And there is degrees to that. You know, a cold might hopefully disappear after a week and you're like, yeah, whatever, fine. But it's just, it's not pleasant. And it's not something we should tolerate as a people. And it's not something we should tolerate in our own lives and in our, in our own living, and in our own being. Um, and I, I get so excited about, actually, as a people, that we create this culture of divine health. And actually, it's almost like, yes, we want healing, because healing is awesome, but imagine if we lived in divine health, so that actually I didn't need a miracle in my body, because every day I lived and walked this miracle that was divine health. That, I feel like, is, is what we're really going for. And that's what I feel so passionate about is creating this culture where we live and we partner and we breathe and we expect and we hope in divine health that's lasting. And, but part of that is this tension between these two things of waiting for that, of living With illness and pain and suffering and all these things that we do, that is part of life. You know, lots of you in the room have had sicknesses or going through it. Uh, You know, my own health journey hasn't been dramatic, but it's not been straightforward. There's still health issues I live with now that I would really like to go away. Um, And and the reason that we hate this idea of sickness, that we love health, is because God is our healer another nice, simple thing I like to base my life on. God is a healer, and it's true. You know, he, um, he's a healer, and, and we actually need to know that deep, deep down, and we need to know how God is more of a healing God than we even realize, that he's kinder and more powerful than we imagine, that he's actually thought of everything, that he hasn't missed a beat when it comes to our health, that he hasn't forgotten. He doesn't lack the power. He didn't fail to provide for us if we're somehow ill. He is the healer. He's the great I am and that we're born into this beauty of perfect health and that we're born again and that we're born into this newness that is our God and that he knows every cell and he's crafted every system in our body that from our hearts to our toenails he sees every single part of us. He's formed our mind. He knows every neural pathway. He knows every synapse. He's breathed in us and he is the reason why we live he is our healing, he is our wholeness, and he is our healer and that is so before we even dive in that's we 've got to keep on remembering and hoping and fixing and reminding ourselves that this is who our God is, and this is what our and we 're his kids, and we get to live and partner and be in that and i I just get really really excited about Heaven, that health, that heaven on earth is actually this continuous process of health. It's a continuous process. And so while I was away on holiday, I am, um, while I was driving along, I'll explain the picture to you. I'll have lots of pictures throughout this. Preach, um, I'm a very visual person, so you'll have to join me for the ride. Get ready. Choose your imaginations. So we were driving along. Joe always does all the driving because... He gets oddly nervous when I drive, and it's totally unjustifiable. <laughs> I am a very good driver. I am, kind of. It did take me five times to pass, but um, Joe's always like, no, I'll drive on holiday, but it's actually fine because I like to just sit and think for a really long time. And it's hilarious. We often, people are like, oh, yeah, it's so good when you're in a couple, you can like have drives and you chat to each other. Like, me and Joe often sit in total silence for like six hours. It's, it's hilarious. And I'm just like, I, I mean, we both love it though. Or poor Joe, I just sing really loudly for about six hours. You love it really. <laughs> um, so we were driving along and we were in Canada and we were in um, BC and it was totally beautiful. So we were driving through this quiet stretch. There's basically through tons of mountains and there was all these like alpine type trees, so green kind of triangle Things and that was pretty much all I could see all over these mountains. Even all the mountains were all um, covered with trees, everywhere, everywhere. All you could see, maybe a few rivers, and then there was also these humongous power lines going through and over the mountains. These big, huge power lines that were going through, and I felt like God, I felt like Him say to me that this is that. As we were driving through, He's like, "I want you to preach on it," and I was like, "Well, what do you want me?" to preach on this is just trees and a bunch of power lines but I felt like as we went across that God was speaking to me about he said this is what this is what health is and this is what healing is and I was like trees and power lines and um, I was like okay I need a bit more info and help there And, uh, and then he just started to unpack to me it's this whole idea of um both um both the power lines and the electricity that flows through it and the trees can both are both power sources. You can bin um, logs from trees to create a power and fuel things. That's a lot of what they did back in the day. Canada's really known for a lot of logging and trees, apparently. Um, and so that is, a, that is a source of power. That is a fuel, you could say. And then you also have these power lines, which are like whew, super fast. Like do do do, I have electricity right now. Do do do, I've charged up my phone instantly. Like whoa! And if you touched them, you would like frazzle into a crisp. So there are these two different types of power lines. And I felt like God speak to me and say, "This is a bit of what health and healing is, because you you need both, and and both are important, both are valid, both are good, both are created by me, both are beautiful." And so what I mean by that is. It's really easy. I felt like the power lines represented this kind of quick, dramatic, cool, awesome, instant miracles that we see. You know, when you hear about it and you're like, whoa, that's crazy. Like someone's arm grew back. or Someone was dead and now they're alive. Someone was blind and now they've seen you. And we do. We hear these testimonies. And if you don't, then I highly recommend you go onto like YouTube and just find them because they're so encouraging. But those are almost like the power lines, these awesome, like, Wow, these are so, so amazing. And then I felt like the ground represented this longer process. You know, you don't make these beautiful trees in a day. You, know, you can chop them down in a day, but you don't make them in a day. They over time you have to nourish the ground you have to keep it at the right acidity you have to give it light water the right environment you have to give it space you have to look after it some people even recommend talking to trees and animals to help them grow I don't know the science behind that but you know I'm terrible at keeping plants alive so I'll literally try anything Um, and it's and the ground represents this almost day-to-day journey of healing and health and so what I felt like God asked me as I was preparing for this was how much time do we as, God ki- as God's kids spend cultivating the ground and how much time do we spend waiting for these power lines while we stand on bone dry arid land and I and it's challenging isn't it I was a bit like oh can't preach on something else <laughs> can not reach like joy or something that would be, that would be more fun um, but I felt like this was really really important in terms of um, just how in terms of our walk and how much time do we spend investing in the soil, in the foundation in the ground that produces this source of power and fuel and life or how, and, and, like, how much time do we spend investing in that while we wait for this huge display and surge of great power and it's really challenging, but I, I say this lovingly, but I think we're at risk of being a people who are, are good at waiting for power lines to be erected in our lives and for power to flow speedily and crazily and like, woo exciting to heal us, but potentially neglectful at cultivating the land beneath us that breeds and sustains lasting divine health. Um, and, it's, and it's like, that's a... Ooh, kind of thing. It is challenging. Um, And I feel like that this land is that which, the stuff that God's already provided, that, you know, earth is his creation and there's so many things that reflect him that are here Already, And that this land, it might be our body, this land, it might be the food we eat, how we take care of ourselves, the expertise we seek out to help us, the amount of caffeine, sugar, alcohol, whatever else you want to, you know, we consume. It might be the way we think. It might be um, the connection and awareness we have with things like poop or periods. And yes, I did talk about poop and periods in a preach. It's like a lifetime goal. Um, It's... (laughs) If you know me well, I talk about these things quite a lot, often over dinner. It's how and where we invest our money, it's if we ever save money, it's our marriages, it's our fitness, it's our joy, it's our growth, it's all of these different things that is cultivating the ground so that we can be a people that sustain and breed lasting health because health is so appealing. Everyone wants energy, everyone wants to have that healthy glow, everyone wants to feel good and those of you in the room that have ever been ill for a prolonged period of time, you know how horrid it is to not be well for a long period of time. And I've known that to know extreme cases, but for a long time being off and your energy is rubbish and you can't do the things that you want to do and you can't... Like, I remember once my... I, I still have some issues with my joints that's mysterious from in the, the medical world. But when it was really bad, like, I would get up in the morning and then just be like, I can't open my bedroom door. Like, cause it was just... It was too hard to... Um, just to grasp and tin, And we have quite stiff handles, which we probably could have sorted out. But it was, it was all of those different things. So you're like, oh, it's not fun to, to deal with. And actually, we want to be a people that are so healthy because of amazing, miraculous healings that happen and cancers just flee and drop off and all that sort of stuff, but also because we cultivate this ground. Um, and it also reminded me of something God spoke to me about a few years ago that had to do with magpies. <laughs> yeah, always always funny images. Um, and I made an artwork about it, but I forgot to bring it. But um, it's, it's, this, it's got to do with this idea of um, us waiting and hoping. And it's so important that we get good at waiting, which is, I'm going to talk about that a bit in a minute. And hope is so important. You know, just go on to the Pope Church podcast and search in like preachers about hope and you'll see loads of them come up it's so important that we are a people that we we know how to cultivate hope consistently um so so important but I felt like a few years ago um God spoke to me and he was like Kezia you're waiting on a magpie I was like again I was like "Uh uh-huh you're gonna have to give me a little bit more than that like I'm not like really into beards or anything and he was like you know that um there's a nursery rhyme about like one magpie for one yeah. yeah all this kind of you know it's this whole idea of like oh, if you see one magpie this means this if you see two magpies this means this if you see three this means this and oh will you have a boy or a girl I don't know it depends on the magpies um, laughter which we logically know is maybe not uh, very sound wisdom. But I felt like um, God said to me, he's like, Kezia, you're kind of waiting on a bit of a magpie. Like, you're just almost this idea of me being this supernatural, beautiful, sovereign God who's all-powerful and can do everything. It's kind of like I'd just gone like, oh, yeah, well, okay, yeah, whatever God does, great. Like, whatever God does. like if God wants to show up and do a miracle, great. But I'm here, I'm just going to wait do nothing, just wait, oh, God showed up today, yes, <laughs> isn't that great, Or oh, oh, he didn't show up today, oh, well, I can't do anything, and it actually started to unravel this whole kind of wrong pattern of thinking that I was in, that God was almost like this idea of luck, if that makes sense, in relation to God's kingdom, that there was always like, oh, maybe I'll be lucky, and God will heal me today, or maybe I'll be lucky, and God will bless my business, and, and God was like, uh, my kingdom has nothing to do with luck, like, and, 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 it's, and it's this idea of while we wait for things, what is our posture in, in that waiting? Um, and while we're waiting for maybe specifically health breakthroughs, but any, anything you're, you know, seeking God for, what is our posture in, in that place? And I feel like there's something about waiting that is really important. And so I was chatting to Joe about this. And, and then he reminded me of this brilliant thing that Bill Johnson talks about, waiting. So I'm just going to read it out to you. You might have heard it before, but it'll probably do you good to hear it again. So it's from this book, Face to Face with God. It might not be called that anymore, actually. Maybe it is. Um, but anyway, so in the concept, you know, in the Bible, it talks about wait patiently for God, wait patiently on the Lord. I wait patiently. It talks about that a lot in the Bible over and over again. Um, so as he says for most of us this statement brings a passive image to mind many have found this the way to blame god for their spiritual laziness oh we're just waiting on god and they've done so for years wasting valuable time hoping that god will invade their lives in some sense of significance however waiting on god is not a passive lean back in the recliner attitude or sofa if you're english and when god wants to touch me he'll he knows my address there are still a people who sit back and say, boy, I hear God is doing great things all over the world. I just wish he'd move and do something in my life and church. The Hebrew word for patiently is in the Bible 53 times. Four times it's defined as waiting patiently, to wait, to waiting, or waited. 49 times it's defined as writh- writhing in pain. Is that how you say it? Writhing, writhing thank you. Writhing in pain as in childbirth, birth. Or whirling in the air in dance. The characteristics in childbirth and dance give us the needed insight on how to practice waiting patiently on God. We could never watch someone involved in giving birth to a child or dancing skillfully to music and think that they were passive about what they were doing. No, you really couldn't. And you would never say that to someone giving birth either. Bad plan. Passion is the nature of both expressions, and passion leads to the way to waiting patiently on God. In our culture, passion connotes the attitude expressed um, by words such as these, I'm just going to go and put up with this annoyance for another day because I'm being patient. If waiting patiently is seen in the activity of leaping and whirling about in a dance, then the person who is waiting will have to be incredibly focused. Their love of the dance takes them into discipline that brings out creative excellence. Dancers must be intensely focused on their bodies, the music, and where they're going to land. At minimum, without that much needed discipline and focus, injuries would be certain. So that's just a little snippet. highly recommend that people read it. But I thought that's a really... (laughs) It's it's like the magpie thing, but potentially more eloquently said, um, is of this idea of how we wait. Because a lot of what I'm talking about is a tension. There is this tension between, actually, right now, I feel crap. I'm ill. I've got, um, um, I have a thyroid issue. So I could be like, oh, right now, this is literally how I feel because my thyroid is a bit funny. But then I live in this tension of well, I'm to walk in divine health and God's made me heal and by his stripes I'm healed and blah, 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 all this good stuff. And so this is, there is a tension that we kind of go between. And it's, I think what we have to learn is this is what we do in this in-between. It's not that we negate. You know, I would be stupid to, to, to negate, be like, no, no, I don't have a thyroid issue at all. I'm actually fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, when I actually do. You know, you don't ignore your experience, but it's what do we do in this middle period. And I think that's where we've got to learn... What, how, how do we powerfully wait? And how do we, how do we live just within this tension um, between the two? Because I know for me, God spoke to me a long time ago, probably more like 10, 10 or however long, maybe more than 10 years ago about you know when God kind of like kicks you up the bum in a really gentle way and you think you're having a really nice cozy time of like oh God loves me so much this is great and you often are and then he like comes up to you and he just says oh Kezzy you're kind of playing the victim really on this area of your life and you're like oh that's not what I was expecting you to say um, but he does that to me uh, frequently about various things. And that, was, and that was to do, at the time, my health was just um, bothering, it was just annoying, and I couldn't get any answers, and it wasn't getting any better. And um, my, my health journey has not been very dramatic. I've never had, like, horrid, really horrid things happen or anything really, really dramatic. I've just always been quite off from being a child and going to hospitals and people not knowing what to do with me and not really quite sure and just, like, one of those mystery cases where people are like, oh, everything seems fine, everything seems fine, you must just be a bit neurotic, yes? Do you need some antidepressants? Are you anxious? Are you depressed? You're like, no, I'm just in pain, or whatever it is. And actually, that was when I started to realize, oh, I'm a powerful player in this, and in this um, role of health and healing. And because actually, the more that I've, the older I've gotten, and I'm not very old, the more I've actually realized that if we align ourselves with this childish thinking, And thinking like a child, actually, every day is a miracle. And we are living miracles every single day. So for me to be standing here and going, I'm waiting for this miracle over here is to negate all the miracles that are happening around me right now. And it's kind of thrown it back in God's face. It's kind of saying like, well, this miracle is better than all these other miracles. And we can put a hierarchy on it. And that's just weird. Like the fact that my lungs expand and and contract, like I don't consciously control that. My body's programmed to do it, but that's really God. The fact that I live on a planet where this climate and atmosphere is perfectly held in this perfect tiny little bracket upon which we can survive. That's to do with God. The fact that my heart beats is to do with God. That's a fact, you know, all of these things. And I think actually as you start to lean into this more childish way of thinking and notice all the daily miracles in your life, you then actually get less, less attached to this like, well, I'm waiting on this one single miracle because you realize your whole life is a bunch of miracles. My whole life is a bunch of miracles. Every single day, there's a miracle in there. It's just whether I choose to acknowledge it and thank God for it. So, when it comes to, comes down to it, a lot of this comes to do with stewardship, comes to do with worship and respect and honor. That's really what it boils down to. So, but first, let's uh, open the good old Bible And just see, what does God tell us about our bodies? Because it says some interesting things. So we know from 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19, he says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you've received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16, If you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in your Oh, don't you know, sorry, that you yourselves are God's temples and that God's spirit dwells in your midst. For God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. Romans 12, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And 1 Timothy 4, verse 8, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. I really like that because it's basically a Bible verse to do with exercise. (laughs) If you think about it, because I've always read that and being like, physical value is some value, but godliness is a value of all things. But it actually says physical training is of value. Well, I'm not going to tell you how to exercise, do whatever the heck you want to do, but uh, it's of value. I quite enjoy that. Um, so what do, what is it, all these things tell us about our bodies? So to summarize it, they tell us that we're temples. So no longer do we have like the temples in the Old Testament with like oil and curtains and gold seas and all this stuff, which was amazing and crazy and awesome. We are now his temples. Each one of us is a temple that we're, we're told to honor our bodies. We're told that they're not our own. Um, we're told that they're a dwelling place of God we're told that our bodies are living sacrifices. We're told that they're part of our worship. And we're told, this is also another one of my favorite, that eating eating and drinking can be for the glory of God. Hooray. Yes. Um, So that's a little bit about what the Bible tells us about, specifically our bodies. And I know I've talked, I'm kind of missing lots of bits out, so do bear with me. But we're talking kind of health and healing. But I really want to fill in the bit of the painting that's to do with the kind of very physical kind of very practical like our skin and our bones because these are the things that we're in every day and it affects us in this life and won't do you know in all eternity but it's our job if we are temples to steward our full selves well And I think in churches, we get really well equipped and we're very aware as Christians to steward our like spiritual health well and our spirituality and our connection and relationship with God. And often our mind, we get the whole like renewing of your mind thing and we can be quite good at like getting that through and we can be great at doing things like healing prayer and all of these amazing resources that are all really, really valuable, but it's and you've probably seen it time and time again, people neglect this physical aspect. They forget this part of their worship, this part of their stewardship, and disrespect, actually, the kind of bodies and cells and things that we are in. Um, so what does that kind of mean or look like? Um, and this, a lot of this, it really does flow from your identity of just knowing who you are and knowing you're a daughter or a son, knowing that you're loved, knowing that there's grace, knowing that God's with you, knowing actually that the Holy Spirit is wisdom for all things. Like I know it can be quite overwhelming when we think about, oh like keeping ourselves healthy, it can be like, well do I be like do I become vegan or this or this or do I do running or do I you know, actually I think we we've got to really learn to trust the Holy Spirit for our bodies for our lives, for our path, for our journey, for what we need. Like the Holy Spirit knows in a second what we need, whether that's emotional, spiritual, or physical. It knows everything. And I I think there's, there's, for some reason, there's this block or gap between us. We just don't invite God often into this area of day-to-day health, if that makes sense, and day-to-day choices, we kind of are like, no, 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 this is just me, this is just me, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, until something goes really bad, then you're like, whoa, I need a miracle, this is really bad, I need a miracle, which is, it's, it's good to do, and it's good to expect that, but I just want to suggest that there's a way that we don't need to be quite so all or nothing, we can be sort of, actually, Jesus wants to be involved in everything, like, he cares if you're constipated, he does. He cares if you're a female and you've not had a period for like three years. He cares because he gave that to you for a reason. He cares if you've um, just, your energy is depleted and it didn't used to be. He cares if you've got, you know, you know all of, whatever it is, whether it's a big uh, um, illness label that is debilitating and is really challenging to, to walk through, or whether it's these small things, he really cares and he really wants to be involved. He really wants he re, we think that he 's like too busy doing other stuff, but he really does he's, he just so loves you and he loves health more than any of us ever could he He never planned us to live in sickness in any form shape, he never planned that for us it 's not any part of who he is. So he his tolerance for it is way less than any of ours. And he, and, 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 he, and he cares about you. He's so good. I think some of it is we've got to actually widen our perception of how healing God is, how much of a healer he is. We think he only wants to heal me if I've maybe got something really, you know, really quite awful going on. Whereas actually God just wants to heal you. Like, he has no discrimination against like big, oh, that's a small thing or that's a big thing. That's a medium-sized thing. That's a prolonged thing. That's a, like, he just wants you to be well. And I think with some of it is as we learn more about the goodness of God, and I've known this for me, the more I've learned about the goodness of God, the more I've been like, "Oh, well, you do care about my poop. Like, you do care about my energy. You care about my mental well-being. You care about all of these things. And he actually has so much wisdom to share on that topic um, and can lead us through it. So, what does that look like you know if we're his temple um, and we're his property because it says um, in some of the verses that we we're talking about that we're not our own and that we're um, living sacrifices to God and that we're temples you know if all of these things how are we doing at honoring and respecting ourselves in areas of health and well-being and looking after ourselves you know how are we honoring our creator by honoring His creation, which is us. And that involves yourself and the people around you as well. Um, So there's a couple of really practical things and questions, which I know are like, oh, they're kind of like hard questions. But things like, do we eat in a worshipful way? It's like a hard question, isn't it? Because eating, we know, is part of our worship. And our bodies are part of Um, you know, we're living sacrifices, everything that we do is for the glory of God, you know, everything, it's not just singing, it's not just giving money, it's not just doing churchy stuff that's worship, our whole lives can be worship, and it's not like eating is the only thing, it's one of many things, you know, it's it's a whole range of things, but how do we do at that, do we let God in on that area of our lives, do we, you know, and that's not, that's a question, I'm not going to tell you the answer to that, this, a lot of this stuff, you actually need to go away and just chat, and your friends and families, and with the Holy Spirit, to around that. But is there worship? Is the posture of worship involved in how we look after ourselves and how we look after our bodies? Do we see it even as worship? Um, and and how do we think? And if you if you took yourself out of the equation, you were thinking about this external person called Bob, and how how you know how should Bob look after God's property? If we, you imagine we're all like tattooed with like god's child like stamped with like member of the kingdom of heaven or something really nice and cheesy like that like how do we look after that how do we look after god's property um and it cuz i think if we want to be a people that live in this place of divine health and and well-being in the fullest sense in, the, in this full sense of the word we actually need to be really good at both the cultivating the ground and living under the power lines. There's these, both of these different things when it comes back to that image. And there is certain elements of, from what we know, so, just, no, I'm going to go for it. Know that I love you. But there is certain elements of the society and the issues that we face as a society that there is a portion when you look at statistics and and research there is a portion of things that many health issues that we face that actually are preventable through lifestyle and environmental factors. It is. I've looked at various research to do with diabetes, heart disease, um, certain cancers, various different things. Um, I like, you know, I'm a bit of a geek for this kind of thing so and that's hard. I understand that that's really uncomfortable and I'll be like I'm not I don't want anyone to feel blame here you know my brother nearly died of cancer at 19 was that somehow his fault no of course it wasn't like could he prevented that I don't know like it's a total mystery. There is this whole element of mystery, but just because there is elements to healing and God that are completely mysterious, that we will never fathom, never comprehend, and never understand, doesn't mean we then just, again, do this all or nothing aspect. There is elements of partnership and stewardship, which when we we aren't aligned to those things, Stuff goes awry, and we can see that in our culture, in our statistics, in the prevalence of specific health issues that we all know people that have and have had that are not God's best for us, and actually some of it is, as uncomfortable as it can be, is about aligning ourselves, acknowledging the mystery, acknowledging that we will never fully understand God and things that happen to the people we love. We never will, but actually that doesn't mean that I'm not powerful. That doesn't mean I don't take responsibility and it doesn't mean I just give up on stewarding all health in general. actually we're called to live in this tension we're called to learn how to do this dance, how to you know how to move and live and, and, and trust God and hope in him through it um, and it's, it's, it is a hard pill to swallow because we don't always Taking responsibility for things can be hard, and it can also be really difficult to know where the line is with that, with responsibility, you know? Like, how much is just God responsible for everything, because he's sovereign, and he's God, and he's awesome, and he's been here for forever, and he made everything, creates everything, knows everything, does everything, loves everything, blah, 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 and then you, then I'm saying here, like, we need to take responsibility for ourselves. You're like, that's quite, like, where's, where's like, where's the boundary, between these things, like how much is just God's sovereignty should do everything, and how much is me over here being like, I should make good choices, and live in a worshipful way, and all these kinds of things, and I find a really helpful, another analogy on this, that I got told when I still live in Bedford, and it was this guy um, called PJ, and whenever he was preaching, he always included this when he was encouraging us to act, and believe in a powerful way, he was like, but remember, a lot of these things in life, it's like, You're in a mechanic and in a garage, and someone's fixing the car, and God is the mechanic underneath the car, you know, you know, like underneath the slidey thing, like doing stuff. I don't really know what mechanics do, and then and he's fixing it all. He's got all the tools. He knows everything that's happening. He's got it all sorted, and then we're standing by the side of the car like a little five-year-old holding a spanner, like this, and and he would just and he would say, actually, God is the one. When, it, when we look at responsibility, yes, we do have responsibility, but there is grace and such kindness that really that responsibility is kind of like us just holding a spanner while we watch our Father God actually fix everything under the car. Like We do have responsibility, and in that is that he's asked me, in this analogy, to hold the spanner while he fix everything. But the, it's never, it's always within that boundary of actually God is primarily in charge, but I do have some responsibility. He did ask me to hold a single tool while he fixes everything. (laughs) You know, I'm just left holding a spanner, and that's my job, and I just like hold it, look after it, make sure I don't drop it. If I do drop it, it's fine. I can pick it back up again. It's okay. If I forgot, like little kids do, if you give little kids tasks, and they just kind of go like, oh, oh, like, I'll like wander away. Oh, you can come right back. It's fine. And so, with all of this, framing it in the, the heart of the father and us being children and him being a father, I think is really important. And that's where you find your line of almost of responsibility, if that makes sense. Because yes. we're first and foremost children with a really good father, really good father, and he can do anything. He he can heal the worst of diseases in a second. He can put minds right in a moment. He, nothing is impossible for him, and he desires us to be healthy more than we will ever comprehend. Mind, body, soul, spirit, every part of us. So we can trust him, but trusting him doesn't mean we ignore the invite to stewardship, and we ignore the invite to partnership. And it's that it's an analogy that I thought of this week as well. I love my analogies. Of like a good father. It might have a, another little, let's just say, a little um, five-year-old again. And their five-year-old's just constantly putting their hand in the flame. They have an open fire. And constantly burning themselves. And it's this ongoing process that you might see in kids of patterns where they just keep on doing something. And they're like, oh, oh, hysteria, hysteria, hysteria. Oh, it's so sore. A couple of weeks later, they do it again. A couple of weeks later, they do it again. A good parent wouldn't let their kids keep doing that. They would teach them how to prevent that pain and how to prevent that um, discomfort. And I feel like that's just, a, it's another way of just grasping some of this whole area of what God wants us, how he wants us to stewardship. He, how, is, how he wants us to steward, steward is just actually recognizing that just as a father does, with their kids. He also wants us to be filled with wisdom so that we can steward our lives better and, and live in this divine health. Does that make sense? Because um, there's a great verse. I grew up um, mainly reading Proverbs and Psalms because they were nice and short. Um, and, but I feel like it's, it did me well in my teenage years. Um, and it talks about all the time in Proverbs that the fear of the lord it talks about the fear of the lord all the time is the beginning of wisdom time and time again the fear of the lord is beginning wisdom time and i remember being a teenager being like well the flips is i don't really get it but i would always be praying well it sounds good let's have the fear of the lord and then have this thing called wisdom and it says in proverbs 1 verse 7 that the fear of the lord is the beginning of all wisdom but fools despise wisdom and instruction and we we want our lives to be filled with the wisdom of god And that wisdom can sometimes be you go and lay your hands on that person because they're going to be instantly healed. And that wisdom might sometimes be, oh, you need to go to bed earlier. Like both both things are really important. And I, I can't tell you how many times I've prayed healing for people when actually I've maybe sometimes just um that's not happened a lot of times when you've chatted to people like dad my dad's a great example of this if you know my dad he really likes cheese and coffee and then he was going his sleep had been funny for a while and I was like dad maybe maybe just saying maybe not drink as much coffee like might help with sleep and not help like you with waking up but he's having waking up a lot and he was like no 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 I don't drink that much coffee and then like probably like a year later or something he's like guess here yeah. guess what I reduced, he halved his coffee intake, and he was like, I slept all through the night. I've been sleeping amazingly. This is amazing. Did you know coffee did this? Like, la, la, la. I was like, yeah, yeah, Dad, yeah. I did say that to you a while ago, but, you know, there's, there's elements sometimes of just wisdom. You know, God wants us to be a people filled with wisdom. So, that has come to the end of our time and what I would really like is actually what I would really like to do is if people who if there's anyone here who works in some sort of health healing practice whether you're a doctor a physio an osteopath a chiropractor a nurse a masseuse a reflexologist a acupuncturist a dietitian a I would just really like, if that is you and you're comfortable too, if you could just stand for us, if you're happy to. I don't know how many people we have in the room, so nurses, doctors, any kind of healthcare professional, whether mainstream or holistic or an alternative, um, whether it's masseuse, whether you, however you want to call it. And actually, I would just really like to say, as as might be standing in front of everyone, thank you for doing that. But we just say, I just want to say as a family, we really honor you. And yeah, give him a round of applause. (laughs) Because I feel like sometimes the healing that you bring has sometimes been counted as like second class in the world of church. And I don't think that's how God sees it at all. Like you all have gifts of wisdom and healing gifts that actually God so loves And that actually, you practicing those and whatever dynamic that looks like, you're actually giving people a taste of who God is. And it's not second-class healing. It's not, oh, well, it would have been better if they'd just gotten prayed. Actually, there's something about, there's there's just so much honor that God has in the things that what you do. And even as a family, we just want to really thank you for that. I want to really thank you for that, actually, and that we really need your gifts and your skills and your wisdom and need you to keep showing up in that way. So, thank you. So, if we all just want to stand, and then I'm just going to pray, I think. So, if you just want to close your eyes or, I don't know, get comfy. Hmm. Yeah, Father, we breathe you in. Yeah, even now, if you're just taking a deep breath through your nose and then let it out of your mouth. So a deep breath in through your nose and then let it out through your mouth. Just do that a few times. Yeah, Father, we breathe you in, Lord Jesus. God and Father, Holy Spirit, we trust you to lead us into health. Lord, right now, I just pray that with that really gentle and loving voice, if there's ways that we can steward our bodies and our health better, would you just whisper them into our ears in that really beautiful way that, that you do. God, if if there's anything that you want to come and miraculously heal in this moment, just calm and do it father we speak health in this room Jesus we speak your health speak health we speak to minds we speak to minds that they would be aligned and whole and at peace we just speak peace into every cell peace into every system Holy Spirit we breathe you in we breathe you in we trust you to lead us God, we just break off any judgments, any, um, any area of judgment in our life to do with ourselves, to do with others, to do with past experiences. We just break off those assignments now, Father. And we just speak the freedom to hope for divine health. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, and I speak divine appointments all through these coming weeks, Lord, where you would just um, drop in strategies, wisdom, resources, um, um, miracles, Father, that would just lead each of us individually in the right path before us. Maybe we need to make doctor's appointments. Maybe we need to sleep. Maybe we just need a miracle, Father, whatever it is. Oh, Jesus. Holy Spirit, Come. Holy Spirit, and we just turn away as well from not stewarding ourselves well, from doing that thing where we just raise up our hands and go, no, no, it doesn't matter, Let, you know, God will do it. God, we choose to hold the spanner. It's the one little thing we can do. We choose to do that, Father. Holy Spirit, so we just release health, peace, wisdom, and grace in this place, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen.